What's up everybody, I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life, and whatever else comes up. We take a no bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. go. Yeah, yeah. It's better to do it before we start recording. Sexy. That's <laughs> what it sounded like, dude. That just burped like a straight <sighs> up trucker. I sure did. Hey, why in the in um I was gonna say in the middle of the night, but it's not like people are at gas stations in the middle of the night all the time. Um, but why in a gas station? When you're just minding your own business, do dirty truckers decide to start talking to you to strike up a conversation? You're minding your own business. I had my candy and my water bottle to go get my mom. I was like, okay, I need to stay awake. It's fucking, you know, what was it? It was probably like 11.45 and I went to go get her from O'Hare. And I was like, okay, I need to stay awake. I'm going to get some Sour Patch Kids and a water. Like, this is going to be okay. Because I was like, God forbid I have any more caffeine today. Because I had to take two Ritalin pills and I had coffee in the morning. And I had a protein drink with caffeine in it. So I was like, I'm going to be like, ah, (laughs) fucking cracked out, right? (laughs) So um, we were waiting in line, obviously. And it was taking a little while. But, like, it is what it is. Like, there's shortages everywhere. And he he turns around. And first of all, he's like standing like like this, but like legs open, like no, like legs. <laughs> I already know and what like, you're talking about. And like, <laughs> like why are your jeans dirty, bro? <laughs> like, um, but he was like, it never fails. Anytime you need to go somewhere, it's always a line. And I was like, uh-huh, yeah. And he was like, huh? And I was like, okay, yep, that happens. Why are you trying to talk to me? Sir, it is 11.45 at night. Yeah, I'm not trying to talk to anybody. This is your life. This is not my life. Do I look like this is my life? I have sandals, shorts, and a hoodie on. Yeah. This isn't my life. I have have candy and water. I will say with as much as I'm so frustrated with this construction that's literally never ending in Kenosha, why have I seen so many hot construction workers where I'm like, hmm, hello, sir. I might run my car into them. Oh my God. There was this one guy who was so high, had like a scruffy, like, salt Oof. and pepper beard and i was like yeah. oh stop it oh my god you're tan from being outside immediately me. And i'm crashed into, the car. crashed into the barrels right now i ran out of this lane in about yeah. two seconds I, I came in like a wrecking ball okay <laughs> rolling my window down and everything okay my life. <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> anyways and i've never oh, been one my. to be like attracted to construction workers but i was like well goddamn where did How you come from? So I don't know. I just never looked at them. Muscles. Now I'm forced tan. to because they're fucking <laughs> everywhere. Muscles, tan, hard labor, yes. working. Yes. But they have you really good hands. Working. Yeah. <laughs> we we look a, I'm so curious. I'm so curious. This 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 topic has nothing to do with this conversation <laughs> of the episode that we're going to talk about, but I'm curious. Do you guys have certain body parts that you like about the 
person that you are attracted to. And I don't mean it in a sense. Like genitalia, uh, right? We're not talking I, about that. Like, okay. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> right. Like, but I mean, in the sense of like a back or someone's oh. hands. <laughs> like hands and forearms when you can see okay. the veins. I can't. Okay. I can't. I, I love it. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Uh, it's it's almost noon on a Saturday, so we need to just settle down, okay? Settle down. I got to yes. go to a soccer game soon, okay? Oh, Lord. I know, in the rain. I don't want to do it. Anyways, whatever. We're going to... Let's dive in. Yes. Here we go. Dive Two in. episode. <laughs> 66. 66. 66. You said seven. I said 66 and 67. I wrote down 67 because I was like, I'm going to forget it regardless. And look what I did. Anyway, it's okay. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's episode 60 something. <laughs> we know that. That's right. So That's right. today we are going to talk about active listening and fair fighting in relationships. Mm-hmm. So I think that we are going to center this on relationships um, that are intimate, right? Obviously you can take this and apply it to friend relationships and familial relationships, but we are going to specifically focus in on intimate relationships, partnerships. Yes. So every relationship, every, every couple is going to fight, right? Mm -hmm. And and the way that you are in one relationship versus the way that you are in another relationship might those that fighting might not always look the same. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the way that I fought with my ex-husband and the way that I air quotes fight with Jeffrey, which we don't, but like there'll be a disagreement or something is entirely different. Yes. <laughs> entirely. I also attribute that to stressors being different. Age is a factor. Like there's so many other variables that play. It's not just the two people, but you've also done a lot of work within yourself. Yeah. Well, 100%, 100%. I agree. So we want to talk about fair fighting rules because obviously knowing that everybody is going to fight or have disagreements, you have to learn how to do it fairly. Mm -hmm. And then we also want to talk about active listening. I would say a lot of the time when people are listening to their partner, they're listening to defend or Mm -hmm. listening to hear what they want to hear, what they want to pick out. Mm -hmm. Can you think of an example when that happens, Steph, with you? Constantly. <laughs> I mean, not so much. <laughs> You're like, if I, yeah, here's the, here's the issue. I am the type of person who would always be defensive. I always felt like I had yeah. to defend myself my whole life. I had to defend myself with everybody. So I was very combative when it came to disagreements. Mm-hmm. I will say though, when it came to my marriage, it started out that way mm-hmm. where I would be just listening to defend myself and to be able to fight back. And then it got to the point where I just wouldn't say anything Mm -hmm. because that was just quote unquote easier for me. Right. So for me, it was always easier to, this is going to sound, I'm not even going to judge it. It was easier for me to put somebody else down than it was for me to actively listen to them. Right. I like, I'm going to put you in your place so that you're just going to shut the fuck up and we're not going to fight anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not effective for anybody. Because no, it's not effective, but like, heard. 
Yeah. Well, and let's also realize why we're doing that. We're doing that because we want to protect ourselves. And we think Mm -hmm. that I'm going to push you away before you can give up on me or push me away. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, then I'm still going to be okay and in control because then I am the one who's making the decision to leave. So I'm I'm not getting rejected. Yep. In reality, it's just, I mean, still getting rejected. Mm Mm-hmm. And your point of just listening to hear what you want to hear, that's absolutely true because you would listen to hear the little snippet of like, oh, I got you on that one. Like now I'm going to go in. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you missed the whole- And you missed the fucking 15 minutes before. Yes. Yes. I'm back in aisle three and you're out of the grocery store in the plant department. Like what are we, we're not even together anymore. I think eventually I just got to the point in some of my fights where I was just like, okay, yep, yep, that's right. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause it, it started getting to the point of like, I need to conserve my energy Yeah, because we fight so much. Like, is this fight really worth it? Mm-hmm. Or should I fight about something else later? Mm-hmm. It, like, is this the hill I want to die on today? Or is there a different one that's coming up that is right. really important to me? So it was just kind of like, recognizing what I wanted to give my energy to. And that wasn't effective either because then still no one's getting hurt. I'm not, I'm not feeling hurt on this subject and nor is, is, was my partner. Sure. Um, our communication was always terrible. Mm-hmm. Same. Oh, I, oh, we were also so young though. Do yeah, we didn't know baby. any better? Right. We didn't baby. know any better. We yes. weren't taught like emotion regulation skills or interpersonal no. skills. So we no. just did what we knew, which was fight back. Yeah, I was raised by two Leos, like, who do not have great communication. I mean, they're they're non-existent. And I love my parents to death, but Richard H. and Kathleen, man, I'm going to put them through a communication course. Kathleen would show up and Richard would be like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) He fucking came over the other day to give Soph her present. And he was like, you really need to watch your mouth. And I said, no, I don't. And he said, you be swearing a lot. You need to watch your mouth around me. I said, no, I don't. Do you pay my bills? And he was like, he was like, well, you need to. I said, if you're not paying my mortgage and you're not paying my cell phone bill and you don't live here, I don't need to watch my mouth. Sophia knows her place. She knows that she's not allowed to say these words. Mm -hmm. When she turns 18 or goes to college, she can cuss all she wants. She can do whatever she wants. I'm not watching my fucking mouth. (laughs) Watch your fucking mouth. (laughs) Watch your fucking mouth trying to disrespect me in my backyard. (laughs) It always cracks me up when my parents be like, you just swear way too much. And I'm like, first of all, where the fuck do you think it came from? And second of all, <laughs> who gives a shit? But and there's so, words. Yes, yes, yes. And like they it didn't come from my mom or my dad. My mom and my oh, dad. Mine sure like, did. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, look at Pa. Are you telling me he's not coming out? He's that I all I can imagine is like a young 40-something pa at a deli, like a meat counter, talking to some guy about prosciutto. And someone yeah. comes up, you're like, oh, bud, cutting the line? Like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Canu- fuck Canuda's out of here. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. or the pool hall. He's got to put some in his place. I just, He's not uh, fucking following the rules. I imagine him in New York, but I mean, yes, <laughs> Kenosha too. Little, little Italy in Kenosha. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> woo, let's get back to went track. to very diverse schools where that's just what mm-hmm. we did at school, you know? Yeah, I did not. I don't <laughs> even know where mine came from. I went to private school K through 12. <laughs> I literally don't know where mine came from. And it honestly wasn't as bad as it is until I was sophomore junior year in college. Really? I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Oh, mine's always been bad. I never did it at home. I wasn't allowed to swear at home. No. Right? Like, oh my God. I never. When I could say crap, I felt really fucking cool. And now that I let my yeah. kids swear, I'm my dad thinks it's funny. My mom will laugh sometimes, but I know she doesn't like it. 
yeah, I don't let, so I'm like, no, you, you, if I had to wait, you gotta wait. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I don't even know where we, tam- we segued off there. I have no what idea. about our parents? Anyways, so yeah, we were taught emotional regulation yeah. skills and things like that. So you have to recognize that there's going to have to be work done on both sides mm-hmm. and you have to focus on what you can control. What you can control is yourself and how you're reacting to the situation and checking your perception about the fight and also checking whether or not you are in your emotional mind during the fight and whether you need to take a step back. How many times, I want to ask you something, how many times have you heard from a client or have you said yourself, I'm just so fucking sick of repeating myself? I mean, I think I say that weekly with my kid. Yes, that Uh, goes without saying. Probably daily, honestly. But right Um, with partners. And so in my brain- yeah, I, yeah, I would say like 75% of our sessions, if I'm dealing with somebody who is married and or a couple sessions, yeah, yeah, comes up a lot. So that lends to the fact that that's because your partner is not actively listening to you. So yeah. you're having to repeat it 46 times. Mm-hmm. And then 100%. the frustration builds and builds and builds and builds. But if you don't know that you're not actively listening, you don't know what to change. Yeah. And also if you aren't coming to the fight, the situation, the scenario with maybe not even like framing it like an open mind, but if you are only coming to protect you, mm-hmm. we're not stepping into vulnerability. And then we're just perpetuating that. Like my, your perception is skewed. Mm-hmm. Cognitive errors will form. You will make judgments about the situation, which are going to cultivate feelings, which are going to come out in behaviors. And then the vicious cycle just goes. Yep. Does that makes sense. Yep. So we are going to talk about nine fair fighting rules that you can apply. Um, I don't know why I did bunny ears. I don't, I don't even know why I did that. It didn't really even make sense to do that, but it's there now. It's out in the universe and I can't take it back. <laughs> so there's nine fair fighting rules. And then we're just going to talk a little bit about active listening and what that looks like. Nobody is talking to you, Siri. Um, so to start, I will go first. So the first step in, I was going to say, after listening, Jesus Christ. The first step in fair fighting rules is recognizing why you're upset. So I think that this is like a two-part thing, right? I think if you are reflecting on maybe a conversation that you had with your partner and you're kind of like, okay, I, that left me with really icky feelings. What is going on? Take the step back, think about it and approach the situation again at another time. This would be a perfect time though, for you to um, really work on time management skills in the sense of respecting somebody else's time and asking if they have time to talk versus just coming like they're they're watching tv and it's five hours later and you're like you know what I really do think that that was a fucked up point (laughs) and they're like what point are you talking about (laughs) in the show or me too (laughs) what how what do you mean right hey do you have time to talk I really want to talk about the conversation we were having earlier something really isn't sitting well with me and I just kind of want to get your perspective on it or your perception about it and then kind of work through it let me know when you have time Mm -hmm. right so if the person is like no I don't have time then you ask for a specific like you know no I want to finish the show okay when's it over and I'll come back in like 20 minutes or whenever it is right follow up with specifics don't just be like (coughs) they don't want to talk to me fuck me then okay oh I guess my opinion doesn't matter Stop yourself from spiraling. <laughs> take, take, you're emotional. Take a step back. Pedal on back. You you missed you missed the first part. You missed the yes. first. Recognize why you're upset. You missed it. 
pat on back. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go back to the end of the line. Rethink that. Go back to jail. Think about yes. it. Come back out. <laughs> you got to recognize why you're upset. Yes. If it's in, that's the first part. The other caveat that I'm talking about, if it's in the middle of the fight and you don't understand, like you can feel yourself becoming emotional and you can feel yourself, it's building. Sure. Wait for your person, partner, whatever to stop making their point or, you know, flapping their fucking jaws. <laughs> Time out. Just say, this is what I do. I f- I'm feeling really emotional right now. I don't feel like what I'm going to say is going to make points. I feel like it's all going to be emotion-based and that's not fair for us to come to an understanding or agreement or at least a solid discussion about this. I need to take time to step back and recognize why I'm upset. Mm-hmm. I really need, I need time. Yep. And I'm not asking for it. I'm sa- I'm setting a boundary, mm-hmm. right? And I, we're not, you're not saying that part to them. I'm not asking for it. Like we're not saying that <laughs> we're not doing that. I need time. Can we revisit this in 20 minutes? Yep. No, I want to fix this. I want to fix this now. I'm letting you know I'm becoming extremely emotional. If we continue, I am not going to be productive throughout this conversation because all I'm doing is viewing what you are saying with emotions flooding forward. There's no logic right now. AKA, I'm going to hurt your feelings if you can. Yeah. (laughs) AKA, AKA I'm going to shut down or I'm going to fucking read you like a goddamn book. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to let you know about yourself so quickly and in the most inappropriate way, the most. You got two options, buddy. (laughs) Which one sounds better? (laughs) How do you want to feel about yourself today? Because it's going to shake and get real sticky. (laughs) I'm I'm like, I am trying to be nice. I'm trying to be polite. I'm trying to keep it cute. <laughs> I, oh I wish someone would be like, no, we need to finish it. <laughs> Buckle up, buddy. <laughs> Here we fucking go. <laughs> all aboard. And then all my multiple personalities start getting online. <laughs> Anyways. So those are the two situations that I'm talking about for this first step. Recognize why you're upset. Nothing good is going to come from your conversation if you have no idea why you are mad. Yep. Nothing. Nothing good is coming from it because you're pissed and you don't know why. And you're just going to keep it. Well, I'm hurt and I want to hurt you. Uh-huh. For what? Yep. Step number two. Discuss one topic at a time. Here's what happens when there's arguments, right? Is like you bring up the first topic and then that's a domino effect to the 782 things they've ever done in the 10 years you've fucking been together. Not effective, right? Every, every, you know, back in freshman, you <laughs> son of a bitch. You know, back in 2002 when you fucking yeah. said this to me, I remember. On March 19th, <laughs> my birthday, you ruined it. <laughs> like, and so For many what? people do this because they don't bring it up at the time that it happens. That's on you, dude. Like, I'm sorry to say, but that is on no, you. I am not sorry. I'm not sorry. I am not making any apologies for this podcast. We, we said in the very beginning, there were, there's going to be things, the beginning of the podcast, not this episode. Yes. There are going to be things that we give to you and you may not be ready for it. That's okay. Put us on pause. Send us in the back. Don't listen to us for a little bit. Collect yourself and come back. Because we're, we're what we are talking about is actual truth. That's you. Cause here's the thing. I've lived that. I've done that. Yes. I didn't bring yes. shit up. And then I try to bring it up literally four years later and I'm sobbing yeah. because there's so much shit that I never brought up. That was yeah. my fucking fault. 
I yes. chose to internalize that information and not fucking say anything for whatever reason. It did nothing but hurt me. So yes. you decide if it's something like, I'm really frustrated that I have to do all of the chores around the house. Okay. That's the one topic you're going to talk about, right? If it's something to the effect of, I was hurt when you said this, that's all you're talking about. Not every fucking time you were hurt when they've ever said a sentence to you. Mm-hmm. That's not effective. Not at all. Not at all. So tailor it. If you're going to bring up examples to attempt to prove your point or give examples so they can understand maybe mm-hmm. why you're trying to discuss what you're discussing, one or two examples suffice. We do not need to go back and be like, and this time, and this time, and this yeah. time. And really attempt to choose neutral times where it's mm-hmm. not like, okay, you know, you you didn't like, you know, the pie that I made and the way that you had said something was really hurtful to me versus you attacked my parenting when in front of our kids and yes. your mom and blah, 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 like what, what, you know, like choose something that's a bit more neutral to stay on topic because the topic at hand is what we are focusing on. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Funny enough. Number three is language. Watch it. <laughs> Watch <Yes>. your fucking mouth. <laughs> Watch your mouth in a conversation, right? Uh, do not get me wrong. I love a cuss word. I really do. I love me a good cuss word. I love accenting sentences with them. Mm-hmm. I love using it to relate to people. Cussing does not belong in fights or discussions where there is vulnerability present. It just doesn't. I understand maybe in the sense of like as a therapist and if somebody is explaining their trauma to me, like in attempting to validate them, I'll maybe use it to accent like of how traumatic or how terrible or how horrific something that they went through was. But if I'm having a communicative relationship or like a a communication in my intimate relationship and even with friends and whatnot, I'm not adding curse words into trying to step into that vulnerability with them. Right. So we're not going to do the shame blame game here either. So like cussing just in general, but also shame blame of like, you know, um, yeah, this kind of goes with number four that you'll discuss. So like, you know, you never listen and it's you, you're doing this and, um, you're a horrible person. Like it, it does no good to shame and blame somebody of like, well, that was your fault. Had you not done that, I would have never done blah, blah, blah again, that that we're just going tit for tat and we're just being defensive. And that is going to come to the active listening part of like, nobody in that situation is actively listening. They're just Mm -hmm. listening to defend themselves. Because if all you're doing is coming at me and blaming me for certain things, and then adding insults, like calling me out of my name on top of it, of like idiot, dumb, bitch, Mm -hmm. whatever, like uh, cuss words or whatever, your your message is getting lost in your mess. Mm -hmm. Like what is going on? I didn't grow up in a house where there was name calling ever, like between my parents or name calling with us. Um, but throughout like school, if I fought with somebody like, yeah, I sure went that route because that was the way that I knew how to defend myself. But I don't think, I mean, it doesn't belong at any sort of confrontation. Right. But in an intimate relationship, when your partner is calling you a fucking bitch or anything that there's no, why, why? Like you literally just want to tear that person down to nothing. And that's what you're doing for what? This isn't a conversation then. This is very nope. one-sided and this is an attack. And I'm choosing to set a boundary and leave that. When you're ready to have a conversation with me that's equal parts and we're both listening to each other, I'm absolutely happy to re-engage and figure this out with you. Mm-hmm. However, right now, all that's coming towards me is insults, calling me out of my name and disrespect. And I refuse to tolerate that. Yep. You can just play that back to your partner 
And you can say my my online therapist said so. So. <laughs> Bet. Hold on, I gotta have this episode real quick. Just add a fast forward. Yeah. Just a yeah. second. Pause. Okay. Screen record go. it. Screen record it, or like record it on your phone. Play it back for them. Absolutely. I have no problem putting somebody in their place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> literally my favorite thing to do in couples counseling <laughs> my favorite thing to do part of why i don't do couples counseling yeah we're just breaking down barriers hey you're gonna be bias. fucking vulnerable here because i'm gonna let you know about yourself yep huh? mm-hmm. okay yes okay so number four express your feelings with words we've talked about this before right this again isn't the well you fucking pissed me off when you did this it's a i feel hurt when xyz happened you're owning the fact that you perceive the situation that you did and it caused you to have some sort of feelings. You're not blaming anybody. Cause here's the thing. Nobody's responsible for how you fucking feel about something. You internalize information and then you choose how you feel. Can it be not dictated, but influenced by somebody? Sure. Right. If somebody is sitting here calling you a fucking bitch, you're going to feel angry and sad because that's not okay. Mm-hmm. But using, I feel statements takes the harshness out of the conversation you're trying to have, because you're saying like, this is how I felt. And then that person has the chance to say, oh my God, that is not how I meant it at all. Let me explain myself. Right. And it's a less defensive thing. Cause if you're coming at somebody like, well, you're a fucking piece of shit because you did this. How do you think they're going to respond? Well, fuck you too. Right. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. And even that's if all it's going to be, even if you take the, you're a piece of shit, even if it's like, well, you never listen to me. Mm-hmm. You're always concerned about what you're doing and never concerned about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes at me with that cuss words and everything taken out, I'm like, well, that's not fair. Cause that's mm-hmm. absolutes. And how are we just focusing on what I'm doing? How are mm-hmm. we not focused on what you're doing as well? But if someone is coming to me and saying, I feel unheard in our conversations, mm-hmm. I feel that the message I'm trying to portray or get across is falling on deaf ears. And I'm not sure how to communicate that. Mm-hmm. So it's inviting that person to step into vulnerability with you and discuss how they might need it to be communicated for them to understand or pick it up or help you with it. I've actually had sense? this conversation with bug. Yeah. I've had this conversation with bug as of recently, because he'll make statements like you never want to play with me. You're always doing this. You're always so busy. And I was like, it's really hurtful when you say things like I always, or I never do things. Cause that's not actually true. And let's talk about why it's not true. Right. And I like show him how there's facts to back up the fact that it's not that I never play with him. I just have other things going on. Right. Just mm-hmm. to show him like thinking in absolutes is not a way for anybody to function. I did it my whole life. It's stupid. <laughs> like, well, and it's not also, helpful. also like a very nice, easy way to tell an only child. I, it is not my life's goal and or purpose to play Legos with you yep. for six hours after school. Yes. To constantly it's, entertain it's, you. It's not, it's yep. no, Oh God, no, no. Yep. Like it's healthy for you to learn to focus on yourself. Yep. 100%. And I say that for the people who have kids listening as well, because I know that you've had that conversation with Bug many times, as yes. well as I've had that conversation with Sophia B. Mm-hmm. Number five, take turns. What we're not going to do is ask somebody to, if they have time to talk and then spew for 20 minutes. Well, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. We're just absolutely not. What we're going to do is attempt to have clear, concise points that we want to bring up that we want to discuss to be able to make sure that there is um, a fluidity to this conversation Mm -hmm. and taking pauses and breaks so that the other person has a chance to 
not rebuttal, however, give their perception of what we're discussing. So then we can maybe come to a compromise. Mm-hmm. Taking turns is essential. I always tell my clients, whether they're going into an interview, whether they're going into a conversation with their partner, whether they're going into a conversation with their boss, bring notes. Yes. Bring notes of points that you want to make and, and have them. So you can stay in that wise mind versus moving to that emotional mind, because there's so much emotions attached to obviously an intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. If you, if you are wondering what I'm talking about, the three states of mind in our sus- subscriber episodes, we have a whole PS episode breaking down the three states of mind and coming soon, which it will have already started by the time this aired, we're going to do a whole series on breaking down in the PS episodes, the yes. cognitive errors. So definitely a super great time to be a subscriber, Yes, um, which you can do through either the links in our bio on Instagram, Yep, but whatever, we'll get there. Anyways, um, so taking time to stop, pause, reflect, and allow the person to have um, their side heard as well for the different points that you're making. Mm-hmm. It's not, you're just going to go through the whole entire thing. Well, and this is where going to a couple's counselor can be really helpful. If you guys yeah. find it impossible to not interrupt one another, to not actively listen, to not get so in caught up in your emotions or to have an effective conversation, couples counseling can help dictate that, right? Like there's structure involved where if you're sitting in a room with Mari and you're having these conversations, Mari can say, hold on, they're not done talking, like give them a second. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. then she's modeling that for you to be able to do that at home. There's nothing wrong with going to a couple's counselor. It's super beneficial when they're having difficulty. Literally just a mediator. That is all it is. So many people are like, I can't go. That means we're like, our marriage is failing. No, it's literally having a mediator to, uh, to help you guys learn how to successfully fight and be heard. That's it. That is it. Number six. Yes. Hmm, This is near and dear to my heart. No stonewalling, right? So what is stonewalling? Absolutely shutting down and refusing to speak. Right. I was a queen of this and not in a proud way. I just, that's what I did because it was easier to me to just fucking shut down, not say anything, internalize it and move on with my day. Was it helpful Mm -hmm. to anybody? No, because then I'm harboring your feelings. I'm harboring my feelings and I'm not communicating it to anybody except for probably Mari because she knew everything about my life and still does. So you have to use your voice, whether it's a shaky voice or an assertive voice, you have to use it because if nobody knows how you're feeling, nothing is going to change. The caveat to that is you can express your feelings all day. And if that person does not want to change, they're not going to change, but at least you expressed how you felt about the situation. That's important. And that's what I want for all of my clients to be able to do. And after enough times of being able to do that, and then potentially recognizing that your partner is incapable or unwilling to step into that vulnerability, then it becomes a thought process of, is this relationship serving its purpose? Yep. What do I need to do here? I understand that that's a scary thought for people, but here's the thing. When you break it down, you have so many years on this planet in this Mm -hmm. life. You want to spend half or more of those years just fucking arguing or not being heard, not being validated and not being seen. Not Uh having your partner for a week at a time when you live in the same house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Literally. Mm Mm-hmm. And also on the flip side, which kind of goes in between the five and the six, so taking turns and no stonewalling is no flooding, which is yeah. kind of what I was saying in the sense of the taking turns. You, you don't just get to dump for mm-hmm. an hour on your partner and then be like, well, I'm done. 
Cause then I would almost guarantee the person that you're dumping on is going to completely shut down because they're going to feel so caught off guard that like you just dumped all of this. I mean, I don't even know what to do with that information. Well, and I'm not even, you're not even letting me speak. I'm not yep. even getting a chance to speak. So what is the point of even trying to respond? Yep. Seven, no yelling. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's, <laughs> I mean, break it down. I mean, what, what more do you need <laughs> for me to say? What the fuck? Don't raise your fucking voice. Stop raising your voice. Stop screaming at people. Like what the, like, stop. If you're upset, then you're upset. Walk away. There is no shame in walking away. There is no shame in taking a break. I am not sitting here saying that I have never yelled at somebody. I've never screamed at somebody. I've never lost my mind. Here's the thing. I know for a hundred percent certainty in every single one of those moments, my feelings were never heard. Why? Because my message was lost in my mess. Mm -hmm. I was too busy spitting and getting red faced for somebody to be like, what is going on with her? Here's the thing. It was never anger. It was never anger. It was embarrassed. It was ashamed. It was sadness. It was depression. It was any of those things, but that was never seen or heard because I was just angry Mm -hmm. and flipping out overstimulated. Oh my God. That's probably a big one. Half the reason probably why I start arguing and fighting is because I'm like, (laughs) it's too many things going on. Mm -hmm. I don't, I've never yelled at a partner. I've yelled at my child. (laughs) I've yelled at my child. And even then I have to take a step back and and ask myself, bitch, if somebody was yelling at you, would you be listening to them? No, no. No. I've yelled at people in fights, but I've never yelled at a partner. Um, Oh man. (laughs) I was like WWE. (laughs) We were, because when you you yell at your kid, right. We, we have this thought in our head that as parents, we're allowed to yell at our kids for what though. They're, they're not actually hearing you. And here's the thing, you guys, I'm not perfect. I still yell because I get frustrated or overstimulated or overwhelmed. And then when he tries to yell back, I have to take a step back and be like, my first reaction is like, who the fuck are are you you talking to your place? Yep. But the insightful (laughs) part of me is like, bitch, he learned that shit from you. Yeah. That's on you, bro. Yeah. And so you have to take a step back and say, you know what? This is a reminder that like when you yell, people don't hear you. I can right. hear you just fine if you speak to me. And if you don't feel like you can do that right now, let's take a break. Yeah. Right. Cause I don't want him to think that fist fighting or screaming at people or cussing people out is like the way you solve problems. It's not, it's right. not effective at all. Right. I, I want you to defend yourself 100%, but like, please don't start a fight like that for what? Right. Right. And it just flows right into the next one. Yes. Take a time out. This is step eight. Take a time out. If things get too heated, I, my whole life have been a very, uh, prideful person of like, I'm not going to fucking back down. I'm gonna get the last motherfucking word. I'm gonna let you know that I'm the one in charge here. So that was a yeah. big thing for me, whether it be fighting with my parents, my friends, whomever taking a time out to me would have felt like defeat. Yeah. Of like, yeah. Oh, you're going to bitch out and fucking take a break. Okay. Look who won then. Right. Yep. No. That's like immature stuff, insecure stuff talking right now. I like to reflect that, especially with bug of like, I need a minute because I'm getting really frustrated, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have a partner to fight with. If I did, it would be so I would say something to the effect of like, I am getting super worked up and nothing I say is going to be effective. Like I will let you know when I'm ready to talk. Same thing with friends. That is what I always had asked for in my marriage of like in the beginning, I think I asked for it. Right. Mm-hmm. In most moments of like, I need to take a break. Cause I know that when people, when I start fighting or start getting upset about something, I dive into free fall. 
Sure. No, no holds bar into emotions. Mm -hmm. And so I know that that I'm not responding to things appropriately or correctly. I'm just getting pissed. And then when I get pissed and I feel I'm hurt, I start yelling. So Mm -hmm. I'd always ask for a break. And it was, I think in his mind internalized as if we can't not fix it now. And I don't think it was necessarily in the beginning of like, I want to make the last point. I do feel like it was like that at the end, Mm -hmm. but in the beginning, I don't feel like it was like, I want the last point. I think it was just like, I don't, I don't want this. Like, I think it would maybe create anxiety for him to leave the fight open. Sure. You know, but who knows? Who who knows? I'm making that up. (laughs) I think that's where understanding people's communication styles or love languages or, or understanding your partner as a whole. Right. We talk a lot about, and it's, this isn't a gender thing, right? Typically speaking, males function much differently than females in terms of they're very logical. We are very emotional. And so they do want to know what the problem is so they can fix it where we are like, I need to understand how I feel about something, but communicating that in terms of like, I am functioning way too much in emotion right now. And this is not going to be effective. I know that you want to fix it. I promise we'll come back to it. That's all it takes. And let me say when Steph is saying women function in emotion, it's that, that empathy or wanting to be vulnerable, wanting to be heard, mm-hmm. not emotion as in like, hysterical. Sobbing. like, yeah. I'm I, like, I know what you mean when you say that, but then I think some people internalize that as like, yeah, you just, you just cry about everything. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes. No, I actually am trying to see it from your point of view, but you're making it hard. <laughs> yes. Whereas dudes are like, just give me the facts. Let me know yeah. the situation. Give me a list. How do of I what fix I it? Do. Yeah. How do I fix it? Yep. I don't need you to fix it. You fuck. I need you to listen. I need you to hear me. Hear me. Yes. I just need you to acknowledge. Oh man, that is rough. I am exactly. so sorry. That is all I need. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fix it tomorrow. But you said to a guy and they're like, yeah, it, fuck it. What does that have to do with anything? I know sure. it's rough. Cool. How do I fix it? Can't, can't tell you in the very beginning with Jeff, I was like, I just, I just need you to hear me. I just need you to hear me. I just need you to say that is rough. That's, mm-hmm. I am sorry that that's happening and he'll do it now. Cause I'm like, Can you try to fix this. Well, and even still though, I was a fixer a lot in my life because I felt like I had to be, I felt like I had to be the problem solver for people. And so I always felt like I had to come up with a solution when friends came to me with something and I, I don't have to. No, it's not my shit to pick up. No, no, I don't have to internalize that at all. That's Mm -hmm. awful. We're on nine, right? Yep. Okay. I was like, do we kind of lump that in or no? Okay, so nine, last one. Attempt to compromise. So attempt to come to a common understanding. Here is a perfect um, statement from the um, DBT skill, Walking the Middle Path. It is to understand that different points of view can be legitimate, although you don't have to agree with them. Yep. Okay. Agree to disagree. Jesus. Getting into a discussion with a partner is not about getting them to your side. Mm -hmm. There is a reason that they have a different opinion of you. There's a reason they have a different viewpoint and it can be, I mean, this can be a whole skew of things, right? Like in some to like really polarizing topics of like everything that's going on in the state of the world yep. or politics or things like that. Like I, there is no point in arguing to get somebody to your side. You have to come to the common understanding of like, here's my boundary. Here's your boundary. How can we coexist in those boundaries? Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not, well, I'm a Republican. So you need to be a Republican or I'm a Democrat. So you need to be a Democrat. I'm against this. So you have to be like, we, this isn't picking best friends in the seventh yep. grade. Yep. I don't like Katie. So you can't like Katie. Like what? Shut up. 
Well, and you're always going to have a different perception because you're two different people. Literally. Mari and I are experiencing the same moment at the same time and yes. perceiving it much differently because we much operate different. differently. Yes. That doesn't mean either one wrong. Right. And I value somebody else's perception because I am self-aware that I sometimes get so like snap judgment and then I feel like I get stuck on it. And it's like, no, take the blinders off Mari and recognize what could potentially be going on here. Mm-hmm. It's taken a lot of redirection to get to that point because I know that I, I immediately get sometimes in that anxious of like, okay, I got to fix this. or like, okay, I got to do this. Or like, oh, I need to fix, you know, I need to rework the way that I say this when it's like, let it settle for a minute, mm-hmm. take a step back, deep breath, recognize the emotions and then proceed going forward. Mm-hmm. This chair is so fucking squeaky. It's really, I annoying. thought it was Zeus. <laughs> no, it's like this chair. Like I keep like trying to turn or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> and all I can think is you got that brand new, beautiful chair and I need a new chair. That's just so I comfortable. I don't need a new chair. I mean, I do kind of, cause like the like fake leather is coming off of it it's so bad it's so like, comfortable i could live in it yeah i i like this see this chair is so fucking <laughs> i just like how like wide this one is yeah deep, i guess i don't know whatever i do sit crisscross applesauce and it's hard to do that because there's arms on this one yeah and this one doesn't have arms and yeah. i can sit crisscross applesauce really comfy yeah a little comfy comf anyways those are those are the nine fair fighting girls and active listening, I think we've talked about it throughout, like little parts of it as we're breaking down those rules, but active listening is paying attention to what your partner is saying in the moment. You are listening to attempt to understand their point of view, or at least acknowledge that they have a point of view mm-hmm. and how then you can come to a compromise. Mm-hmm. You are not listening to defend yourself. You are not on trial. There isn't a jury. You, there are no lawyers prosecuting. You are attempting to just come to a common understanding or place with your partner. Active listening also requires the feedback, the active feedback. So when they take a pause or a breath, it's like, okay, this is my perception of what you just said. This is how I'm internalizing what you Mm -hmm. just said. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Fact check with them so that they know how you are internalizing it. Otherwise, like well, you're just screwed. Well, well, basically they're saying that I'm a piece of shit. So then I'm going to behave like, well, you, you think I'm a piece of shit? I'm going to behave like a piece of shit. Like what? Yes. And in, in addition to those things, it's things like maintaining eye contact, sitting with like willing hands, right? So like sitting with your palms open, like don't sit with your fucking fists clenched or your arms crossed, right? Don't sit and scroll on your phone when your partner's trying to be vulnerable with you. Like oh pay a fucking tension. Literally. If I'm just like, look at my phone, like, mm-hmm, yeah, I know it's ooh, crazy. It sucks. Yeah. That is so nuts. Right. Like that's don't listen nuts. to your partner. <laughs> <laughs> like, you see how disrespectful that is? Right. Or even if like Steph was talking, I was just like, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I know shit. it's not actually listening. <laughs> oh, it, it's apparent. It, it is. You can see it all over my face. All over. Anyways. So I hope that there are takeaways. I was trying to think of a different way to say it because I feel like all the time we're like, I hope it felt this way. So blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I know that there's takeaways. Yeah. I would love to hear, and I'm sure Steph would as well. How you guys implement this into your relationships or what your takeaway was from it. So tag us. Mm-hmm. I am at BEA underscore XO11. Steph is the spooky therapist. Yes. We are at rewriting her story podcast. That is all on Instagram. 
and you can tag us, um, tell us what you think. We, you can send questions, concerns, comments to our email, rewritingherstorypodcast at gmail.com. And then on YouTube, we are at Rewriting Her Story Podcast too. And you guys can see us talking to each other. <laughs> so until next time, we love you guys. Bye. Bye.